So, I'm so up. I, I don't know when this is gonna end. I have another 40 miles to ride. Like, I'm f I, what the f This is the Bike Pack Racing Podcast with Ezra Ward-Packard and Andrew Onerma. Welcome back to the Bike Pack Racing Podcast. This is a long overdue episode eight. We'll get into that very shortly. I'm your host, Ezra Ward-Packard, and I am joined once again by Andrew Onerma. Andrew, how's it going today? I'm good. I am back at the University of Arkansas. I'm watching people push around trash cans. Everybody is uh, studying for finals right now, and I am talking about riding bikes. Uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I've been busy as hell. We'll dive into that a little bit. How have you been? You just went to a wedding or something, it looks like? Yeah, same with you. Um, just super, super busy. Last weekend was uh, Ben's wedding, who I rode across the country with in February. And then the last time I had a weekend, because I didn't really have a weekend, because it was just like working 12 straight days, because I'm like taking so much time off for racing. The last, like the weekend before that, I went out to New Mexico and did a little uh, Tour Divide Recon, big old training ride. So it's been busy, 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 you know, with working 40 hours a week, training 20 hours a week. Honestly, these podcasts take like 10 hours to produce like one podcast. You know, that's why we haven't been able to put out the content that we would have liked to put out. How about you? What have you been up to the past few weeks? I know you had a wedding as well and new job and putting on a race this weekend. Lots going on. Yeah, my sister just got married. Shout out. Olivia Johnson is her new last name. Her and Kobe, they got married. It was good to have some family together. I actually had a spur of the moment. Uh, I decided to ride my bike to the wedding from my place in Oark. So it's about a 140 mile ride. Uh, you were talking about playing some games with sleep deprivation earlier in the week leading up to your uh, big training weekend. And so I was like, man, shit, if Ezra is doing all that, I need to play the game a little bit too. So I got home, I packed, and then I rode from 12.30 a.m. until about 10 a.m. the next day. Uh, yeah, so that was good. Started a new job in Fayetteville. I'm moving furniture four days a week now. And that destroyed my body. I have not been riding my bike much. It's like one thing to say, oh yeah, I'm gonna move furniture four days a week and it'll be good. I'll get fit and heat acclimated, but I just, I've been getting slapped. So <laughs> um, starting to settle in a rhythm, been doing some running, uh, hopefully riding my bike more soon. But that's, yeah, in a nutshell, new job and uh, not really riding my bike a whole lot. So hopefully that changes real quick. Yeah, we need to change that. That reminds me of the, Oh, the old like high school landscaping days when I was like, I don't know how I did it back in the day, but it really was like landscape for eight hours a day and then immediately jump on my bike and start hammering. And then when I tried to do that the year after I like finished racing full time, like it was during that summer and I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to landscape eight, nine hours a day and just smash on my bike. Like how I did when I was 15, 16 did not work at all. I made it like a week and then I got sick and I was just cracked. And that was the summer where I was like, okay, I'm totally burnt out. You know, motivation was already low. I'm going to go run because I feel like running is just like, it's just easier to like when you get all kid up, it's like by the time you do, you know, everything you need to do and lube your chain and make sure your bike is working and all that kind of stuff, your run is already over. So 
I get it, man. It makes sense. But, you know, the nice thing is, is fitness doesn't disappear that quickly. And then getting that fitness back is like so quick. So I'm not sure if we talked about this, but you have a race on the calendar now. Want to want to break the news of the people or did we yeah. talk about this? I don't remember. Anyway, I just no, we haven't. So I think I texted you about it one night. I, I just finally was like, I need something on the calendar. And especially with all the wishy-washy on the bike, some not on the bike. I just I needed a goal. So Haley came down uh, to ride ride in the Ozarks. I got to chat with her some. And it made me think about north to south Colorado more. So I ended up signing up for that July 1st. So I'm amped. I need to kick it in the high gear. I am. I mean, I'm staying super active right now, but finally something on the calendar. So hopefully a little bit of transitioning from so much running and more riding the bike. But yeah, it's man, I haven't raced since October. So I'm psyched on that. I'm, I'm going in it to give it the beans and try to be up at the front. So uh, that's that's the only way I know how in racing. And especially with you talking about it and winning it last year. Uh, it, yeah, it really appeals to me. It seems like my kind of ride bigger tires, but still drop bar and uh, a distance where sleep deprivation can really uh, make or break what the field at the front's doing. Yeah, north to south, we haven't had time to dive into it. I'm sure we'll do a preview episode, and I can talk about my experience last year. But really, like, phenomenal event, super low-key, super grassroots. This year it's going to be a $50 donation to enter. Absolutely beautiful course, just through some of the best parts of Colorado. Like once again, it's North to South Colorado. So you're going to be going through a lot of Colorado, but just absolutely blown away. I'm, you know, doing the divide. So I'm not going to be able to defend that title, but Hey, maybe the bike pack racing podcast will defend the title. It can just, you know, stay in house, Andrew, stay in house. Yeah, man. I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get first. I don't, I was looking at the start line a little bit at this point. It doesn't even matter who's on the start line. It's just like, I'm going to show up and like, ride out of my eyeballs and uh see what happens so i'm excited about that that still weighs out you got a race coming up this weekend though so i wanted to hear a little bit about your thoughts and your game plan going into pinions and pines kicking off may 13th this is this is your first race of 2022 right yeah and this is my first race since north to south colorado which they changed the date now it's going to be started july last year it was the start of september so yeah, it's been eight, nine months since I've raced, which is honestly kind of crazy. Like, obviously, I had a lot going on. I've, like, done some stuff. But, you know, the opportunity to race just kind of didn't really prevent it, present itself. Yeah, I'm super fucking stoked. Like, I am so chomping at the bit. You know, this past week when it was like, oh, it's race week, race week. I have had to do pretty much everything I can to just, like, stay calm and be able to sleep and relax and I, I don't I don't know what it is but when it comes to racing I just get this like edge like and I almost feel like I didn't have this edge back when I was racing on the road but it's uh it's like it's an aggressive edge where I know that bike pack racing is supposed to be like friendly and relaxed and I'm like no I'm out there to crush souls like I'm out there to like, I'm not going to do this because most people just, like, don't care what's going on at the front of the race. But I want to make it so hard that people quit and never race their bike again. Like, I just want them to be absolutely demoralized. <laughs> like, and I know that's such a, I feel bad saying that. But at the same time, like, that's the mindset I come into these races. I'm just like, 
I want to destroy everyone. Well, I mean, the thing is you get a few people with that same mindset, like me hearing that, I wish I was showing up to your race because that to me just sounds bananas and like some crazy shit's about to happen if someone else is feeling that way. Cause I will show up and be like, you know what? I don't want you to feel that way. And me to say, okay, cool. Have at it. I'm going to just like la di da di da along the way. I'm going to show up and say, no, I'm going to hold on to this guy for as long as possible and see what happens. So I think just putting it out there, the more and more that people are not scared to say, I'm about to try really fucking hard and see what happens. I think that's going to bring the level of racing up for bikepacking in general. Yeah. Um, and with Pinions and Pines, uh, Dana Ernst is the race director. Um, he maps it out. He's a NAU professor, Flagstaff local. With the course this year, um, there's been a whole lot of changes with the tunnel fire that we had north of town um, and then some other forest road closures. And so like with this race, it starts out with a gravel climb leading into about 20 miles of single track. I am, of course, riding my gravel bike, my Frankenstein gravel bike with a 60 millimeter fork and, you know, all that stuff. But it's definitely not a mountain bike. And this is like AZT, pretty gnarly mountain bike trails. So I'll just flat out say it. And I've said it on my Strava a few times. Like I'm attacking at mile 4.1, right? Like that's when the neutral section of this race ends. And I'm, you know, VO2 max effort up that first climb because I know I need to like get some sort of a gap so I can like get through some of the single track before the mountain bikers come and catch me. Right. And I like, I'm like mentally prepared for them to come and catch me and for them to put like an hour into me in the first like 27 miles. And then the chase begins. And this is kind of exciting for me because the last time I was chasing was Arkansas high country race. And I was chasing Ted King for that first day. Since then, the other two bike pack racing, other two bike pack races I've done have been like straight off the front from the gun. Pinions and Pines last year, I was second place when Andrew Stremke um, caught me with like 100 miles to go. And then north to south Colorado, like I never saw anyone ever again. Like it was just like over. And that's kind of the mindset I have is like I'm chasing people and then I'm dropping the hammer again. With the course again, it's like, it's How long a, is the course? I, I forget. It's 300 yep. and what? 310 miles this year. Um, I think it's 25,000 feet of elevation change. Um, it's a loop, so it finishes and ends in Flagstaff. Um, I would say there's about four kind of major climbs on it. But once again, like it's a loop, so elevation is going to be the same as the, the descending. Probably about mm, 70% gravel, 25% single track, and then like 5% road to kind of connect it. Okay. And so realistically, with you going all out, what's the general time that you're thinking? So last year, um, which was probably a little bit slower of a course, Andrew Stremke won it in, oh, I want to say he finished the night before he probably had a six hour lead on me. So it was probably like low thirties for Andrew. Um, and that's kind of my goal this year is like low thirties with how the course is arranged, right? Like being in Arizona resupply points, water is like a huge factor, right? Just because it is like pretty remote how they're spaced out. I'll, I'll be 
yeah, I'm shooting for like sub 30 hours. Like I think that with where the resupply points are, I'm going to be able to ride at that like kind of higher end of my bike pack racing pace and just like hit those resupply points and just like stay fueled enough that I can power in. Um, once again, there is um, like the end, there's going to be a longer um, single track section. But it's not like the AZT single track section that was last year, which like cracked me. This year, it's stuff that I have ridden on my gravel bike a number of times. And I know that I can roll pretty good. So, yeah, I'm just. The listeners can't oh, yeah. like see me, but it's so hey, like I'm bouncing all so just like ready to go like everything is like i didn't know if his van was like rolling out of the parking lot or if just everything was shaking because he was so excited uh, um his van is stationary so yeah he's just excited I'm, so i'm guessing zero sleep kit right oh zero sleep kit uh caffeine gum like just like stripped down like almost like a scary amount of just stripped down because once again like mm-hmm. with the resupply points there's never really a section where i'm What's your longest run out realistically? Longest run out is it's all going to be like under a hundred miles in terms of like food. Mm-hmm. I think it's 84 miles to the first resupply in Williams. And then if I can make it to Jerome before 6 PM, there's a little cafe where I can get whatever cafe stuff. If not, there's like a spigot by the fire station. Um, and then it's 170 miles to camp verde which in my mind is kind of like that midway point where i'm like you know even my gbx files will be split into two parts there's going to be part one which is to camp verde and then part two is after camp verde because camp verde is 24 hours i know i can hit it at any time and resupply and then after camp verde it's i think that's probably going to be the longest run out section there are a few tanks to fill up water but in terms of a store i don't think it's till like 270 that there might be a store um depending on if you hit it at the right time and then at mile uh i think it's 290 there's another 24-hour gas station the course super cool it ends um mile 300 is just off we were originally planning on going down it. It's a trail called Little Bear. It is going to be a freaking gnarly hike a bike. But then you get to the top of um, Schultz Pass or Eldon Mountain or Eldon Lookout Road, whatever. Um, it's one of the like shorter mountains in Flagstaff. And then the last 10 miles, you just like bomb down into town, which in my mind is like the greatest way to end a bikepacking race. It's just like Oh, it's so glorious. Descending it's into like, town and you don't yeah. have to pedal. And it's like, there's some single track in there, but it's like super flowy, fun single track. And I'm just like, it is a race to mile 300. And then after that, cruising into town. So, well, I got to ask. So, you know, like in the past with James Hayden and Sofian, whenever they get down to one final descent and they decide, hey, we couldn't separate from each other on this final climb. Let's not race on this final descent and potentially hurt ourselves. So you and someone else is at that final descent side by side, are you going to say, Hey, let's roll in together. We're still here. Or are you drilling at that final 10 miles? Andrew, I raced to win. I'm drilling at that final 10 miles. Like, I'm sorry. Like if like we are rolling answer. up to, you know, it ends at a flag bike revolution, which is a local shop here in town. If we are rolling up to the train tracks, you know, you like roll across the train tracks and take a right hand turn. And then there's no finish line. 
Like, I will sprint you. Like, I don't care. Like, I will sprint. And if I'm there first, I'm saying I won. I don't. I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't, I'm sorry. I can't hold hands well, and ride across the To me, the I, like, I, like, I like that spirit. And I, I would love to see more people bringing that mentality to it. Uh, I'm the same way. It's like, obviously, I'm not going to blow through a red light and be a bad advocate of the sport unless the other person's doing it. Then honestly, if they're doing it a little bit before me, then I'm going to follow them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm never going to like break the laws, right? But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I will do a track stand at that red yeah. light and then i will you know at that point i don't think i could probably do over a thousand watts but you better believe i'm going to try to out sprint you to the finish line so yeah well that's man that's that's really exciting um it's interesting just hearing all of that and then me thinking about the race that i'm putting on in a few days here in arkansas because it's almost the exact opposite as far as water it's we have water everywhere okay. so it's been almost flood stages to where water levels have been dropping and it's just getting to where it is acceptable where i'm like okay i'm not going to change my route file because of the water levels yep. but it was within the last week or so i was like oh man i might have to change the route just because of how high these water levels are yeah. so any given climb you descend 1500 feet you're hitting water you climb back up you repeat that's what this route is doom in the ozarks it's I'm going to say 15 ish water crossings, oh, 15 okay. to 20 and water crossings. It can vary from, Hey, you could pedal through it, but your feet are going to get wet or it could be, no, you have to carry your bike and it's going to be like your knee to thigh level, maybe a little bit higher. Yeah. So completely different ball game. Yeah. That's something that I thought was really cool that Haley did. What's Haley's last name? Uh, more Haley Moore, Haley Moore um, who just set the new fastest known time on the doom loop is the fact that she brought like sandals. I don't remember if they were Tevas or Chacos or whatever, but would throw sandals on and like kind of strategically like threw her sandals on because she knew that there were how many ever water crossings coming up. Just like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I absolutely love when people like take the time to do the research and just like make these subtle changes I just put a dropper post on my gravel bike yesterday because I know I on, you know, the one super technical single track descent down Mingus mountain, that's like 10 minutes right there. Right. And that's going to help me on the AZT at the start, you know, hike a bike. Like it's such a little thing, but I was like, okay, I'm totally changing my divide setup. Right. I'm getting rid of my seat pack, putting everything in the front, moving my stuff around just so I can, you know, like, I don't want to say marginal gains because I kind of hate marginal gains, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh, this is a big change. Right. And you know, flip flops with Haley, kind of the exact same thing where it's like those little detailed changes. So important. So important. Yeah. That's what makes every race and route. So exciting is that none of them are exactly the same. And Haley, I got to say that she got those on her drive to Arkansas. She stopped in Arkansas in like the Bentville area and pick those sandals up. So, you know, she was thinking about that all the way coming down and she's like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to get these. It's going to help me out. She was texting Dylan Morton some because okay. he's familiar with the area. And like I said, I've been moving furniture, so I've been crazy busy and then exhausted. And uh, so she was even trying to like text Dylan and then Dylan would text me and ask questions and he would relay it back or whatever. She, she decided she was asking about conditions and I didn't get back to her the same day. 
And then the next day she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm coming. Nice. I'm going to go do it right now. I was like, sick. I love it. That ambition is so dope because it's been on her radar for a while. Yeah. So I guess just transitioning into the other race happening this weekend is Ozark Gravel Doom. I just call it Doom. It's right around the same distance, maybe a little bit longer, 378 miles. Okay, nice. And this one has 41,000 feet of elevation. God damn. I had to change the route. I know, dude. I had to change the route just a little bit because uh, I had to get insurance and permits. Uh, the Forest Service did not like me utilizing some closed roads. Oh, bummer. So I know. And I even kind of talked to them for a while. Like, what is the real reason? Yeah. Is a bicycle a, a motor vehicle? Can they walk? Yeah. And basically, they're just like, we have to just go absolutely by the book. If it says it's closed, it's closed. We can't give you a permit for that road being used which makes sense same thing going on so, here in arizona with dana and the pinions and pines route like he's sent oh i don't know how many gpx files and really i haven't even downloaded them yet until we're i think we're on pinions and pines final final is the name of the <laughs> file because we just like changed it two days ago it's like oh never mind we can't actually do this because of forest yeah. restrictions which i mean i get and also what a thankless job like the amount of shit that's just what happens forest yeah workers department has to put up with is just mind-boggling so it's a bummer but yeah. i get it yeah and i i mean let me just say i got permits finalized today <laughs> nice <laughs> and, so that's how by the seam of the pants it is whenever this isn't your job so shout out to any event director out there it is a lot of work and me putting an effort on this one really opened my eyes to it so Big shout out to uh, anyone out there organizing races. There's a lot more going on than what I would have ever guessed. And then whenever it comes to high country, that's just turning up the dial to 11 because that's a lot bigger scale of an event. Yeah, so uh, that's happening this weekend. Weather for us, we're looking at around 80s during the day, 60s in the evening, chances of thunderstorms every single day. It's not going to be the whole day, but it's going to be pretty wild. So high water levels, it's going to be hot and it's going to rain occasionally. And we got around 25 people total okay, nice. that are going to do the grand apart. What about pennies and pines? What's that start line looking like? Um, it is capped at, I think, 50 just for national forest requirements. So I think it's right around 50. That's so, so sick. Yeah. That's 50 people. You're going to line up with 50 people. Um, man, I'm jealous. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun time. And really the first uh, four miles are a neutral rollout and then, Dana is putting on a little gathering the day before the race. So just, yeah, it's, I'm excited. I'm super excited. Like I love the community aspect of it too, but at the same time, it's like 6am Thursday morning kill mode. So, um, with That's what's up. doom, what was, uh, Haley's new fastest known time? So she dropped it pretty significantly. I mean, one thing to mention is that Brett did it single speed, so in January different, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did it gnarly conditions. Honestly, water levels were pretty similar, okay. but his water crossings were more like, Hey, if anything gets wet, you're, you're screwed because yep. you're going to freeze. So a little bit different conditions, but nonetheless, she just absolutely obliterated, um, the time. So now it's down to two days, 14 hours and 30 minutes. Oh damn. And she, she said the hardest part was the resupplies yep. which that was definitely part of the intention with weird hours and stuff either you have to be willing to carry a lot and push for a very long time or you have to go faster and then 
I don't know. There's, there's a lot of variables with the resupplies, which makes it really exciting to me. So yeah, two days, 14 hours, 30 minutes. And realistically, I think someone during this grand depart is going to get under two days. So under two I think days. we're going to see. Really? I think so. Oh, damn. And, okay. You got some names And there's for no me? one on. Well, honestly, there's a few different people that could pull that off. Uh, I think Dylan Morton, I think, I'm going to try saying his last name honestly. I never asked him and I feel so bad. It's either Jesse Blow or Jesse Blue yep. from Oregon. I've mentioned it multiple times. I just need to ask him how to say his last name, but I think he's in it. Uh, there's Nate Griffey. He's been doing these bike packing races for a long time. He's an Arkansas local. I actually saw him at the bike shop like yesterday or the day before. And he said he's, he's ready to play the game and get a little crazy on this one, nice. which is exciting. Uh, his fitness may not be quite where some of the other guys are, but he's really experienced and he knows the terrain pretty well. And, uh, he just got himself a different bike. There's a guy, um, coming from Colorado that is really looking to, to really go for it. Uh, man, it's going to drive me nuts. I can't think of it. I think it's Eli Steiger. Okay. Uh, he has a rodeo labs bike. I don't know if he rides for them, but he's been uh sharing that he's really motivated we also got kyle gilbert from down in texas yep. you know we had uh some conversation about him with uh stephanie whenever he was down there for east texas showdown and he just had some bad luck so i think he's out for redemption on this one so um those are just a few names there's also nick booth i think has a good shot so yeah it's that's what i love is there's no clear cut person yep. that is going to be the front runner it's going to be more like five people they're going to be in the mix. And then for the females, Annie Davis, she's been doing a ton of riding here in Arkansas. She actually rode most of the route back in September when I did the recon mission. Uh, we have Taryn coming down from Canada, which she brings in a lot of experience as well. I think she has a really good shot. Nice. And then there's one other lady um, that I'm not familiar with. So it's cool. There's a lot of people I haven't met yet. So I'm excited to meet some, uh, some more bike packers from the country and yeah, it's, it's anyone's game, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's, like, one of the most exciting things about bike pack racing in general is, you know, you scan through track leaders and you scan through these start lists, and it's like, yeah, you can, like, pick out some names of some, you know, veterans or some people who have done some, like, pretty impressive performances. But then at the same time, there's other people who just come out of the woodworks. Um, I'm mm -hmm. working on getting him to sit down and talk about his ride across Arizona experience. Oh, I don't remember his last name, but uh, Dexter. It's Dexter, right? I think I said Dexter. Yeah, you were saying Dexter before we started recording. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, first bike pack racing experience, right? Jay Peterberry and my good friend uh, Christopher Schmidt were doing a duo. Um, and then uh, Lauren Brownlee, who won the whatever you want to call it, Great Divide Mountain Bike Classic, the shortened mm -hmm. version of the Tour Divide during that pandemic year. And Dexter just mm -hmm. rode away from them, like from the gun. I was watching on track leaders and he just took off. And I talked to Lauren about it a little bit. She's in Flagstaff. She's doing Opinions and Pines on Thursday, which is absolutely crazy. I would love to get her on the podcast as well to talk about some of the controversy that's going on in bike pack racing. And, you mm -hmm. know, she's... She was another one that when she lined up for the divide, that was her first time bikepacking ever. And she won the thing, which, you know, that's the thing about this sport is that it is still so young and you can come in with so many different backgrounds. You could be a through hiker who, you know, buys a gravel bike from a bike shop 
and two months later is competing with, you know, serious people who have been training for years. It's just, it's a wild discipline, yeah. right? And I think that, you know, again, we kind of talked about this before in the past, just shares similarities with like ultra endurance running where every once in a while, someone just comes out of the woodwork and it's like, who is this person? And it's like, oh, they've hiked the triple crown and they've ran some marathons, you know, maybe not that fast, but then you get to, you know, a hundred miles or over a hundred miles. Um, there's, a uh, it's the Coca Dona. I think it's 200 250. 250. Yes. Mind boggling. And that course, Mm -hmm. like, uh, it goes from, I think it's down like North of Phoenix up to Flagstaff trail running race. That course mm-hmm. is on some of the gnarliest fucking trails imaginable. Just shit that's like, I wouldn't even dream of bringing my bike on, right? Because it would involve me just like carrying my bike for 30, 40, 50 miles. And it's just right. like remote. And like, yes, you do have support. So there's like people with water. But at the same time, like some of the times that these people are throwing down, mind boggling. It's a tangent, but I just wanted to say that's part of what's keeping me a little bit confident with this moving gig where I'm moving furniture for up to 10 hours a day in the heat. I'm like, you know what? I'm staying active. I am making my body really durable. I'm used to waking up super early, moving all day, and then immediately going for a run afterwards on like most of those days. It's, I think people come from a lot of backgrounds and you just got to be tough for a long time, both physically and mentally. And it's, it might be a little bit less of the actual, what's your FTP. And this is something that's been evolving over, like my thoughts evolve it over time. Uh, but then if you get that, that mix of someone that's both, that's when the scary things happen. And I think that's when we're gonna start seeing more of those athletes where they have the crazy strong cycling fitness and they have a background of doing this really big, whatever adventure style thing it may be. Yeah. We're definitely diving into full steam ahead season for bike pack racing. So that's, that's really exciting that, uh, I mean, this, this month, three bigger events, yep. but then next month we already got the tour divide that you're jumping into. That's, I mean, that's gotta be burning in your brain right now. This race is just holding you over until then. I mean, then I I'm got like, mine in July. All on, like I, at the start of this year, when I was drawing up my calendar, I was like, Oh, pinions and pines is a B race it's not a B race. Like I am, it's not a B race. Like I am, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself and it's like, I'm wired. I'm wired. I'm, I'm ready to go. So super excited for Thursday morning. And also like, this is one of the things that I love about bike packing and bike pack racing is, you know, I've got a lot of different things going on, juggling a lot of like different balls right now between work and this podcast and the ongoing fundraiser and getting ready for the divide thursday morning at 6 a.m none of that matters it's all gone it's just it's like singular focus i'm not going to worry about paying my bills in june when i don't work and i'm racing and i really should be working i'm not going to worry about any of that the only thing that matters is moving forward as fast as possible as fast as i possibly miss that so much yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that hundred percent. That's what I'm really looking forward to in July as well. And I think that kind of helps answer that question of in the past of why do we go use our vacation to quote unquote, torture ourselves or go suffer for a long time. And it's, it's not necessarily, that's what we're doing. We just 
have the privilege to do nothing but focus on riding our bike for X amount of time. And that's, that's something really beautiful that I'm excited you're going to go do that soon. I'm excited. I'm about to go watch 25 people do that in my neck of the woods this weekend. So hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Let's call it there. This has been episode eight of the Bike Pack Racing Podcast. Thanks for listening.